Welcome to the Antioch Sheffield podcast. We are so glad that you can join us for today's message. For more information about Antioch Sheffield, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk. So excited to be able to share with you this morning. I actually want to start just by having a little bit of fun, hopefully. Um, And so I want to start by uh, just having a, a little quiz. So I'm going to share with you a few descriptions of what I want to talk to you about today. I want you to try and guess what the topic is. In fact, if you think you've got it right, if you think you know what it is, then you can go ahead and just post that into the chat and and then everybody will know if you get it right that you are amazing, that you're the cleverest person on earth. So you can go ahead and do that. So here we go. This topic has the power to completely transform your life. Starting kind of vague there, I know. Um, This topic, uh, it can't be done on its own. This topic, if, if it's taken seriously, can cost you everything. It's a topic that is one of my greatest passions in life. And it is what Jesus spent most of his adult life doing. What is it? Now, for some of you, that might have been really obvious after a while. It might be that you're just shaking your head. You haven't got a clue. But the answer is discipleship. So over this next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about discipleship, and about what it is, about why it's so important for us in our Christian walk, and, and what it means to actually be a disciple. But to begin with, I'm aware that this is a word that is quite often thrown around in in Christian circles, particularly here at Antioch. Uh, We use this word discipleship a lot. Um, But actually, I find when I ask people, what is discipleship, many people find it actually hard to answer. And there's probably several of you who are watching today that you've never heard of this word before. You have no idea what it is. So what is discipleship? Well, here at Antioch, we define discipleship as this. One person helping others become lifelong, obedient followers of Jesus, who in turn help others to do the same. One person helping others become lifelong, obedient followers of Jesus, who in turn help others become the same. Discipleship is about having someone come alongside you who can help you and show you what it means to live out your faith in a more meaningful way. It's life on life. It's hands-on. It's practical. It's obedience-based learning. And so that is really what discipleship is all about. But right at the heart of discipleship, the goal of discipleship is always lifelong personal transformation. And so I'm sure many of you will have... uh, say that you have things that you want to grow in. If I was to ask every one of you, uh, what is one area of your life that you would love to see change? Or what is uh, one way that you would love to grow in your relationship with God? I think no matter who you are, no matter what stage of your life you're in, no matter how long you've been a Christian, or how deep you would say your faith is, we all could think of several things that we would love to see change. But the reality is, although there are things that we desire to see change in our life, that's often not actually our experience. And so I find, actually, you may have found that 
uh, there are times where you have these incredible encounters with God, these mountaintop moments of experiencing God's love, His presence. And you may have experienced times where you've heard a message that has really stirred you to want to change something in your life. But then often we, we find in those moments that we actually we come away and actually we look back weeks later and find that nothing has changed in our life or very little has changed. And I'll be honest, I, I feel like I experience this in my own life more often than I would actually wish to admit. But I think that's the reality for most of us, that we experience this more often than we'd be willing to admit. And I think there's a sense of shame around this idea. There's this sense of shame about the fact that we're not seeing breakthrough in certain areas. And, and so we try and hide it. We try and um, just, we don't speak about it. And we continue to, to move forward, continue to live on, hoping that in some way, at some point, it will change. But it never does. See, the truth is, no matter who you are, change is hard. You know, I may have just been describing you. You may be experiencing those things. And I just want to say, you are not alone in that. You're actually experiencing what most Christians experience. The truth is, change is hard. Change doesn't come easily to us. It's not, uh, it's not always all that natural to us. In fact, change can sometimes feel a little bit uncomfortable. Change can sometimes require something of us that either we don't want to or we just simply don't know how to give. And we've become, uh, in our culture, uh, this, this, uh, this culture of uh, coming to church and listening to sermons and, and then going away and doing absolutely nothing with them. And it's good to go to church. I want to make that very clear right now. It's good to listen to messages. There's a reason why we do it. It's because we need revelation. We actually need to have sound theology uh, taught to us. You know, there's a reason why Jesus, time and time again, was preaching in the synagogues and teaching to the crowds. We actually need to be taught. But the problem is, there's a big gap between hearing the word and living the word that we find so hard to cross. There is a difference between hearing the word, hearing what we need to do, and actually experiencing, and actually being able to live out that change. Change is hard. But this is where discipleship comes in. And it's the reason why it was Jesus' primary model of how he shared who he was and how he shared the gospel throughout the earth when he was uh, walking the earth. You know, if you go through the books, the gospels in the New Testament and you follow the subheaders of what's going on in the narrative, you'll see that as soon as Jesus begins his ministry, one of the first things that he does is he goes and gathers his disciples. He goes and finds them and says, come and follow me. Come and see. Come and see how I live. Come and see what I am doing. And go and do the same. See, Jesus didn't just teach a message. He actually modeled the message to people. You see, change is hard, but change is possible. It is possible for you to experience transformation in your life. It is possible for you to experience freedom from sin, no matter how stuck you feel in it. 
it is possible for you to experience breakthrough in the areas where you're longing to see it happen. But the likelihood is that that probably isn't going to happen on your own. And that is where discipleship comes in. So as I said, discipleship was Jesus' primary model while he was on the earth. But it wasn't just his primary model. It was also the very thing that he challenged his own disciples to go and do once he was gone. You see, Jesus actually put his entire hopes in the future of the church on this model of discipleship. We have this account from Matthew at the end of the Gospel of Matthew about one of the final moments of Jesus with his disciples before he ascended to heaven. And this is what he said. He said, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So what we have here is, as I said, Jesus is one of his final moments with his disciples. You know, he's been uh, living side by side with these guys for three years now. And he's about to uh, ascend to heaven. He knew he wasn't going to be with them in person again. And so I wonder if you were in that position, if you had been investing for three years in people, <clears throat> teaching them everything that you knew, teaching them how to live their lives and, and how to live out their faith, what would you most want them to know? What would be your final words to them before you were to leave them. See, I think the thing that we'd want them to know is the thing that was most important to us, the thing that was most important for them to make sure that they kept doing. So what was that for Jesus? He told them to go and make disciples. Now, why? Why was this Jesus' strategy? I mean, after all, I, I know from experience that Discipling people is hard work. <clears throat> Discipling people is time-consuming. Discipling people is actually kind of restricting. It's actually, it limits how many people that you can actually reach by yourself. So why did Jesus use this model to disciple people? I think it's because Jesus doesn't just care about our salvation. Jesus cares about our transformation. See, Jesus, he doesn't just want us to hear a message. He doesn't want us to just uh, hear a message and go about our day and just believe in that message. He actually wants us to live it out because he knows that through it, we are able to experience the freedom and the intimacy with God that that message is able to give us. See, Jesus knew that just simply teaching a message wasn't enough. He knew that we actually needed something more than that. And I think that for most of us, if we were to actually come up with our own uh, strategy for world evangelization, we'd probably be looking at uh, putting out the, the, the message that gets the most amount of people in the shortest period of time. You know, we'd be looking at uh, the gospel on billboards. We'd be looking at the messages on uh, bumper stickers on cars. We'd be... Um, looking at flyering, we'd be looking at creating these big gatherings, and, and as many of you will know, all those things are happening to this day. And they're all good things. God does use those 
to actually bring people closer to him. It's not that they're bad things. And Jesus himself actually spent a lot of his time, he made the most of every situation he could to share with as many people as he could. But it, it wasn't his primary strategy. And it's because he didn't just care about salvation, he cared about our transformation. And he knew that we didn't need to just hear a word, we needed to see it lived out. We don't just need to hear the word. We don't just need to hear a teaching. <clears throat> we do need to hear it, but we also need it modeling to us. You know, another great disciple maker in the Bible is the Apostle Paul. And he, he said this to the church in Corinth. He said, and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. <coughs> Jesus, uh, Paul is basically just saying, look at the way that I live. Come and see. He's giving that same invitation that Jesus gave to come and see how I am living. And then go and imitate me. Go and live the same way because I am living in such a way that I'm trying to show you who Jesus is. I'm trying to show you what it means to live like Jesus. I'm trying to show you what it means to live out the kingdom of God. We all need someone who can come alongside us and show us not just what to do, but how to actually do it. Now, I'm sure that you've all at some point tried to learn a new skill. Uh, but a couple of years ago, I, um, I, I decided that I was fed up with having to pay so much money to have my car serviced. So I decided that I was going to save some money by actually servicing my own car. Problem was, I didn't know a thing about cars. Not a thing. And so uh, I did what most of us do these days when we want to learn a new skill. I went to YouTube. Now, I watched YouTube video after YouTube video uh, about how to service a car. Uh, and you know, these videos were actually really helpful. They, they taught me things that I didn't know. And, and uh, they, they helped me kind of on my journey of being able to service my car. But, I still didn't really feel all that comfortable knowing what to do. And, you know, it's kind of a, a costly thing. If you, if you get that wrong, you know, that bill's going to suddenly go up pretty quick when you, you make an error trying to fix something on a car. And so uh, I wasn't quite sure what to do. And then I found out that actually a member of our church, who many of you will know, Rob Barrett, uh, was fantastic with cars. He grew up on a farm where he spent a lot of time fixing cars and fixing other machinery, and he actually knew how to service a car. I saw, so I thought, fantastic. You know, I'm going to go and speak to Rob. And so I, I had a conversation with him, and, and he very kindly uh, offered to actually have me go to his house, and he was going to help me to service my car. And I want to say I am so, so thankful that I took that offer not just because he cooked me pizza, uh, but because I very quickly learned that there is a big difference between being told how to do something and being shown how to do something. See, Rob was able to actually uh, do it in front of me, and I was able to ask him questions, and he was able to give answers back, and I was able to see things that I couldn't see on the videos, and he was able to give me specific instructions. He was able to watch me do it and give me feedback on things that I'm going to do wrong, like the example where uh, I managed to get oil all over his lovely garage floor and all over myself. Apologies again for that, Rob. Um, but through it, I was able to actually effectively be discipled by Rob 
in how to service a car. And now, actually, over the next couple of weeks, I need to service my car again. But thanks to Rob being able to invest that time in me, I now have the confidence and the skills to be able to do it by myself. Or maybe I should wait until I've actually done it to be able to say that. I'll, uh, I'll report back in a couple of weeks, hopefully with good news. Um, but we all need someone who has experience, someone uh, who has understanding that area, who's living it out, to actually come alongside us and show us what to do. We need someone to not just come alongside us and show us what to do, but we actually need someone to be able to watch us and see what we're doing and point out the mistakes that we're making so that we can correct them. That's what discipleship is all about. So Jesus, at the end of Matthew, goes on to say this. Teach these disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. See, Jesus put this emphasis on discipleship, uh, of uh, a discipleship being someone who obeys his commands. Now, I'm, I'm aware that when we hear this word obedience and when we hear commands, we kind of switch off a little bit. We don't really like these words. You know, these words can almost kind of make us feel a little bit like a child. Uh, they can feel kind of restricting. But Jesus told us to obey his commands because he knew that he had modeled a life of freedom and intimacy with God. He had modeled to us the things that we actually desire to see happen in our lives. And he wants us to obey them because he knows that they are what is best for us. Now, it might not be that uh, it feels good in the moment. It might not feel like the right thing to do. It might not always be something that is easy. But in the long run, you'll find that it is actually something that uh, is worthwhile doing. It is actually for your benefit that we obey his commands. And I found from my own experience that the more I actually obey the commands of Jesus in the Bible, the more I want to obey the commands of Jesus in the Bible. Because the more I actually experience his goodness through it, the more I experience his presence and his intimacy in my life, and the more I want that, and the more I do it, the more I find that it begins to actually change me and transform me into his image. See, Dallas Willard said this quote. He said, uh, discipleship is the process of becoming who Jesus would be if he was you. Discipleship is the process of becoming who Jesus would be if he was you. In other words, a, a true disciple is focused and committed to becoming more like Jesus and living out his purposes in the earth. Now, some of you might hear that and you might be thinking, well, actually, isn't that what uh, a teaching is all about? Isn't that what preaching is all about? Isn't that why we listen to sermons? And the answer is actually, yeah, yeah, it is. The reason why I'm sharing with you this morning is because I want to help you move towards that goal. But the problem is, a preacher might be able to speak into your life, but he can't see into your life. You know, I can share with you today, I'm, I'm sharing this message with you, and I can use it to speak into your life, 
But we also need someone who can actually see into our life, someone who can see our problems, someone who can see our pains, someone who can kind of uh, be there to answer the questions, to model things to us, and actually uh, walk side by side with us to actually help us live it out. Because remember, there is a gap between hearing a message and being able to live it out. Uh, We've become, in this culture, uh, this culture of coming to a service and hearing a message and then going home and just doing nothing with it. And we actually, we tend to uh, be a bit more of a consumerist culture these days in the sense that uh, we, we go most for what gives us the most satisfaction, the most enjoyment, the most pleasure in the moment. And we, we tend to shy away from the things that challenge us, that make us feel uncomfortable. The, we, we tend not to like having our flaws exposed. But the thing is, we actually need this. This is actually healthy. It's good for us. Because whether you realize it or not, there are things about you that you don't know. There are things about you that you're actually blind to, that you need someone to lovingly and caringly come alongside you, that you can trust and actually point those things out to you. It's kind of like when you have bad breath and you have no idea. Uh, Thankfully, I have a wife who lovingly and gently comes to me sometimes and says, hey, Ian, go have a tic-tac. Now, we need people to help us to actually see some of the things that we can't see so that we can actually grow in those areas. I'm going to be talking more in future weeks, uh, next week, sorry, about uh, what it means to be a disciple, what are the characteristics of a true disciple. But today, the most important thing I want you to know is that discipleship is worth it. Discipleship is hard work at times, but it is so worth it. I really believe that if you take a step to invite someone into your life, not just to to see how they live, but allow them to actually see how you live, then you'll look back and over time, you will see transformation has happened in your life. But I think the, the big question that's probably on many of your minds right now is, if you're not being discipled, then well, how can I find someone to disciple me? Well, the truth is, you're actually going to need to take the initiative on this. If you actually want discipleship, then you're going to have to take the first steps. And the first step is actually a simple one. It's just to pray and ask God who can disciple you, and then go and ask them. Go and ask someone to disciple you. Now, for many of you, that might actually feel like a really daunting task to do. But the reality is we live in a world that is busy, and it's getting busier People's times are filled with many different things. And so most people are probably not going to come to you and ask to disciple you. Now, if you want discipleship, then you're probably going to need to actually be the one to go and ask them to disciple you. And this might be something that will require a little bit of flexibility in your own schedule. It might require you to sacrifice things so that you can be flexible to their schedule I also want to say, if you are uh, looking for discipleship, then uh, don't be discouraged if somebody says no. People's lives are, are genuinely busy, and not everyone is able to do it. And so uh, I just encourage you to keep praying and keep asking. If you're really not sure who to ask, then the next step is simply to join a life group. 
Life groups are great places of community where you can build relationships. I encourage you to get involved with one and just start looking for people, uh, just start building relationships with people and looking for the ones that are living out what you want to see in your own life. And you can approach these people and ask them to disciple you. And if you're still struggling, then the next step is actually to speak to your life group leader. Ask your life group leader. Tell them that you're looking for someone to disciple you, and they can help you find someone. The chances are they're going to know people who are a great fit for, for you to be able to get the discipleship that you need. Now, this probably isn't going to be uh, your best friend. You know, it's not going to be someone that you necessarily are really close to because uh, often we, peer discipleship is a fantastic thing and there's a place for it. Uh, but usually it's best to have someone who is uh, maybe further along in the journey than you that can actually speak into your life, that can actually call you forward into a, a deeper relationship with God, who can challenge you in areas that you may not be able to see. I also recommend that it, it isn't someone of the, uh, the opposite sex. Because often when we, uh, when we do discipleship, it means going into deeper places in our hearts and often very vulnerable and emotional places. And uh, sometimes the lines can get muddied here and our hearts can be drawn out in ways that aren't healthy. So I encourage you to find someone who is the same gender as you that you can actually have invest in you. But finally, I want to say, gather in groups of people. Gather together a group of people. See, Jesus spent most of his discipleship time uh, doing it in groups of uh, 3 to 12. He always had multiple people that he was investing in at any one time. And actually, discipleship works best when we do it in a group because it enables us to learn from one another as well as the person who is uh, taking time to help us on that journey. So find people, find friends who are looking for the same thing. Gather them together and then seek someone to disciple you as a group. This is a great way for you to be able to get invested in. It's a great way to be able to have accountability and support to keep moving forward in your faith. Now, if you are still with us right now, if you're still watching, you are already showing that you have a hunger for more of God in your life. And so why not take this step of inviting someone in to speak into your life, to see into your life, that can help you on that journey of becoming more like him and living for his purposes in the earth. We're going to close in just a minute, but we're going to have some questions on the screen. It's just a, a way to help you take what I've said a step further, to actually be able to process this and help you to find someone that can just, just speak into your life and disciple you. But right now, let me pray for you. Jesus, I thank you that you, in your infinite wisdom, that you gave us this model of discipleship. Thank you, God, that you have modeled to us a life of freedom and intimacy with you. Jesus, I pray that you would stir up in this church a movement of discipleship. God, I pray that you would help us to open up our hearts, open up our lives to people, that they can speak into our places of pain, they can speak into our places where we're desiring to see growth and change. And Lord, I pray over every single one of us who is watching today, God, that you would bring lifelong obedient followers of Jesus who in turn make disciples themselves. 
God, would you bring lifelong transformation to us. We thank you that this is possible through you, God. I pray that every single person watching will be able to find someone who can invest in them to speak into their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening today. To listen to more messages like this one, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk forward slash podcast. We are looking forward to seeing you soon.